Welcome to The Run. This is episode 25. Patty Quinn along with uh, Jerry Green. Jerry joins me by way of phone. Jerry, welcome again. Yes, we're still separated. You know, it's very painful. It's a milestone episode, too, at uh, number 25. Is that a is that is a, is that a measuring stick at twenty five? Well, uh, the fact you and I have held it together for twenty five episodes is, in fact, a nice step. Yeah, for sure. Well, there's been uh, progressions along the way with uh, technology and uh, guests and uh, different themes. Yeah, it's 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 been up and down, hasn't it? Yeah, we're not hating each other, so all is good. Well, that's why we stay separated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, COVID has been good for us. No, but yeah, it's it's. Um, it'd be nice to get back in with you. Maybe we will. Of course, the reports are, you know, we're going to be yellow on the uh, on Monday, which is uh, opens up a lot of things. So we, I think that's something we're going to talk about here today. Yeah, a little bit of a spike in Miramichi this week. Uh, so fingers crossed, and hope that we can uh, weather yet another COVID storm. Wouldn't that be something, Patty, eh? Here we've been, uh, and I, I use it all the time, we've been running pure here in Zone 7, mm-hmm. which is Miramichi, and, and uh, you know, everything seems to be settling, and it's spring break, and the government's given everybody a chance that if we get through spring break on the Monday following, it'll turn yellow, and here we are. Yeah. Never, never a peep coming from us here in the whole time when guys were red and shut down and orange and and all that crap, and uh, here we might be, possibly, could be a, a problem for the whole province. Yeah. Is that true? It could be, couldn't it? No, you're, you're correct. Uh, we Like like you say, uh, we were doing uh, so good, it was uh, bound to happen uh, eventually, I suppose. We were running pure there for a long length of time, but uh, it is here. And, uh, you know, uh, a little public service announcement, keep those masks on, keep washing those hands, keep socially distanced, and limit your contact with others as best you can. When you look at the hot list, Jerry, if I can call it that, of the uh, stores that uh, are, have been known to have been frequented by those who were affected or perhaps may have been infected, uh, it's, a, it's a real, uh, you know, uh, grand tour of uh, some of the hot spots in Miramichi as far as you know, in the most trafficked areas, and we don't need to name them by names, but uh, they're well-traveled stores. I don't know if it's a who or who's. I'm not still not sure what uh, uh, from what the information you get on on where it uh, originated. But uh, let's see. If we just can't keep it stable, and it would be something awful. It would be it would be quite ironic that you know if you know we had the opportunity to go yellow here in Zone Seven, we've been sitting here being patient and being good all this time, almost for a whole year. Mm. Um, to be something like this might flare up and then we're not able to go yellow. And what that, what that pertains to is the stuff that we like, which is sports. Yeah. And be it the, the Timberwolves or the Wildcats, Sea Dogs, Titans, um, they're all ramped up to get ready to go yeah. on Monday. It's going to turn yellow. And, and as I said in a tweet this week, I said, look at boys, you know, let's just go real slow here. Not, mm. let, you know, we've been given an inch, don't take a mile. Let's just be careful here before we get too excited. Now, I had a rink outing uh, a week ago up at the Sunny Corner Arena. It was a scrimmage of uh, some kids, and I just uh, turned on the microphone and introduced the kids and, uh, you know, made it sound like something for them because uh, they've been having a lean year, as you well know. Uh-huh. But as I'm sitting there, Jerry, and I turn the microphone on, and, you, uh, you know, you do the typical good evening and your national anthems and your starting lineups and all that, it kind of dawned on me 
Um, what am I trying to say here? Just how much I do enjoy the rink and outing, and it has nothing to do with hearing yourself on the speakers or none of that bullshit. I just it was it was a certain degree of normalcy, and it felt good to be back in the rink, mind you. I don't know if you've been at ice level in the booth at the Sunny Corner Arena. It is cold up there. <laughs> but the the point I'm the point I'm making just nice to be out and thanks for the invitation to uh, be there from Champions Hockey. Yeah, you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be at ice level in that rink to feel how cold it is. That's one of the colder rinks. That one in Renews is very mm. cold, and you know uh, Rogersville's uh, renowned for being very cold and what cold does is make good ice patty so you take to do with the bad you get good ice when it's real cold inside well now here's another good side uh and just a quick aside here have you ever uh frequented the canteen at the sunny corner arena oh yes absolutely my canteen food god yes. i had a cheeseburger with a poutine on the side Oh, my God. Unreal. Of course you did. Well, that was my pay. Uh, Champions Hockey treated me to supper when the <laughs> scrimmage was over, so that was my pay. Patty's paid by food, yes. Uh, we got to get a little plug in here for Creative Grounds. Thanks to Victor, Jody, and uh, Trenton and Eastside Creative Center for allowing us to use their studio and technology. Uh, stop by for a treat, especially on these cold, stormy days. Uh, what better way to warm up uh, your day uh, than with a warm beverage here from Creative Grounds and maybe a treat while you're visiting the uh, shop. So regarding, uh, we're going to take this a little bit further on what uh, the health of the province means in the world of sports, aren't we? Yeah, for sure. Real quickly, just got to get another plug in there. Uh, great to have Chris Owens. Uh, Jerry, uh, Chris was good for listeners abroad. Uh, I can see that in our analytics on that side of things. So uh, with the new technology that we've managed what? to incorporate here and get guests on the uh, phone, uh, we've opened up uh, new avenues uh, for listeners, and uh, we'll give Chris a little pat in the back for being our first guest. So thank you for okay, that. Okay, well, tell me what that means then. I'm not going to get into the numbers here, but there was a spike, uh, to say the least. What, in Newfoundland or <laughs> Well, just in general, I can't I can't okay. dial in on the geography geography right. of it all, but uh, listeners are up over our last episode prior to the new technology and our first guest on the phone, of which was former Miramichi Timberwolf uh, star defenseman uh, Chris Owen. So thanks to Chris uh, for taking the time. Jerry and I are waving at you. Now, let's uh, go. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. You were going to say something. Uh, say, so you're saying it's it's not a... It's uh, it's the fact that we were able to have a guest on, not that maybe the word's spreading about the show. Well, well, twofold, Jerry, but what I'm saying is that thanks to a retweet and a little Facebook post from Chris Owens, yeah, yeah. you know what okay. I mean? They're, they're, yeah. they're companion pieces, part and parcel. Gotcha. Okay, I'm going to take a back seat to you on this one. Uh, you enlighten the folks here. Uh, with the lessening of the COVID restrictions, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League is back. I know you're jazzed to get back behind the microphone and on the air on Rogers uh, TV. So fill the folks in on what's going on in the queue, if you wouldn't mind. Well, the uh, all three New Brunswick teams haven't played since November. Okay, so in varying ways. I think uh, I looked it up and Bathurst maybe was uh, the latest and they were November 20th. But uh, the uh, Wildcats of, of Moncton and the Sea Dogs of St. John uh, you know, the 14th, 15th of the month of November, that's how long they've been off. Okay. So now they're, 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 they're going to get back at, well, supposedly going to get back in action next week, starting on the 9th, which is a Tuesday of which, uh, that'll be a game I'll be doing as well. We're, I've got to go to, uh, uh, Bathurst as the Titan are going to take on the Sea Dogs on CFBC. Wow. So back on CFBC, we're doing that on radio. 
And uh, so I'll be able to do that game. And then the Thursday night, I got to go to Moncton to, uh, you know, and all, and all things uh, stay equal. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go to Moncton to uh, do our first Rogers broadcast. So there we're doing all four games uh, of the Wildcats. And we're doing 10 of the 12 games that these three teams are going to play. So each team is going to play eight games in about 18 days. Wow. And that's about right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Patty, they've been sitting for so long. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about it, when I had this discussion on uh, Sports Corn, Corn TV last night uh, with, uh, with uh, Chris Dobson, uh, let's say your season ended, let's say the regular season usually ends in the queue in a, on a normal year, uh, late, uh, late uh, March. And so let's say you get into the first round of the playoffs, you might get knocked out by the middle of April. Mm-hmm. Let's say that happens. So then your off season starts there. So you got May, June, July, and then you're looking to get back to training camp in the first week of August. Mm-hmm. So in essence, since they've come back and played the Wildcats, for instance, played these 13 games, they've now been sitting for the equivalent of an off season, which is three months. It's unbelievable. And the, and, the, and the other thing about it, and it was, it was part of it that I didn't understand or wasn't aware of, um, these players from away have been, have not left Moncton, have not left St. John, have not got to go home wherever they wanted to go home to, mm-hmm. even during the Christmas break. Because remember, they went on the Christmas break, mm-hmm. and I think at the time, uh, the league said we'd shut down and then shortly and that they were going to come back in January, then everything was red. Nobody could go anywhere. So right. some of these players have not seen family or friends um, from their own stomping grounds for mm-hmm. a long time. And that's not the case. Of course, when, when uh, it's the off season, the off season, you're out having fun. It's the summertime, you're boating, you're playing golf, you're seeing family and friends and enjoying the summer and trying to stay in shape and getting ready for a training camp that would come in August. So, a lot of different things that uh, aspects of this uh, delay or pause that you don't think about. And, mm-hmm. and there was times when, and I, we, we had this discussion before where St. John was quarantined in hotel rooms for 14 days and the cost that goes along with that. And again, the, uh, uh, the mental uh, fatigue it would have to be in a hotel room for two weeks straight every day, Patty, mm-hmm. that'd be hard. That would be hard. I'd need solid Wi-Fi signal if I was going to survive that. Well, yes, I know, but still, you're in one room. I know, you're I know. In a room with a bed and a, and a desk and, and a view. <laughs> a view. <laughs> At least you can see you can see outside. Anyways, listen but, uh, uh, for for context, a good overview there on uh, Monk and Acadie Bathurst and uh, St. John for context here, and uh, selfishly for my own purposes because I'm kind of out of the loop on this one. Um, good to go in New Brunswick. Uh, what's uh, going on with Halifax, Charlottetown, and uh, Sydney, Cape Breton? Excuse me. Well, the uh, they call it the HRM, Halifax Regional Municipality, yeah. has a number of locations that are now that particular zone is shut down. So that means the Mooseheads are shut down, which means Cape Breton is shut down, and then Charlottetown went home in the province of BEI, uh, kind of put a halt on anything going on there because they had a little flare up. Um, but really Cape Breton's probably sitting in a zone that has no problems, but they have nobody to play and they can't leave Nova Scotia. You know, Nova Scotia and PEI had a relationship where, you know, those three teams, those two New Brunswick, Nova Scotia teams and that PEI team, the one PEI team in in Charlottetown were allowed to travel from province to province in which I find unique, Mm -hmm. uh, to play each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
now that's that's on hold. At least, uh, let me think now. Um, Halifax uh, is a month, I believe. So till the end of March, and then I think PEI is at least a couple weeks that they're not going to be able to uh, have any activities there. So um, it's been it's interesting. I, I tweeted out today, you know, uh, if and I, it's still a big if for me, Patty, whether or not you know Monday comes and it becomes yellow. Um, I was going to call it the Maritime North Division, yeah. <laughs> because like the Maritime Division in the queue consists of six teams, of which two in Nova Scotia, one in PI, four in, in New Brunswick. So now the other three have been playing, and they're all south, eh, relatively south. Charlottetown, I, I would think, is probably uh, more south than Moncton is, mm-hmm. um, or St. John. And so now let's call this the uh, Maritime North Division. <laughs> There's uh, three three in New Brunswick. You said four. There's three in New Brunswick. Did I say four? Yes, I mean, you three, did. Yes. Yeah. Three and three, yeah. So listen, uh, very selfishly, uh, and I throw this at you, how jazz pumped, excited are you to get back into the swing of things on the air? Patty, um, I'm going to be on the air. Here's an ironic thing, or an eerie thing, on March 11th. We're going to be back doing a game. Now, in the meantime, since the, the league came back uh, to try to start the 2021 season, we did one game. And it was in November, I think. Mm-hmm. We did one game on Rogers. But our last game we did in 2020 of the 2019-20 season, of which, you know, which is when COVID invaded and everything stopped. The world stopped, everything stopped, all sports stopped, was March 11th. Wow. So I left on March 11th. I'm coming back on March 11th. <laughs> in between those two two marking posts, you know, 365 days. Moncton Wildcats have played 13 games wow. in that 12-month period. Isn't 13 that, games. Isn't that crazy? Same for St. John. Same for, you know, Bathurst. Bathurst uh, maybe played 15. St. John might have played 15. But in that 365-day period, that's how many games they were able to play. The same protocol will be in place that we that we did in November. You know, you come <clears throat> into the Avenir Center. Mm-hmm. They check your temperature right away. Mm-hmm. Um you know, you sign a waiver. You, you ask, they answer. You answer the questions, and you got a mask on wherever you go. In our booth, we do have six feet. We can be apart, and there is a partition between us, so that's uh, good to go. And, and again, they're going back to having uh, fans in the stands. You know, they're going to have their twenty five hundred at the Avenir Center. I think it's fifteen hundred in uh, St. John, I thought I read today, and uh, Bathurst is probably in the same range of a 1,000 people or so, or maybe mm-hmm. even less. So um, fans are going to be able to go out and see them. And, you know, it's been, you know, we talked about it. It's a huge void not to be, you know, I don't remember the last time the Timberwolves played where you and I were in the rink together. Well, it was that game just before Christmas because we had that Christmas gathering that night. Yeah, right. It's been, uh, that's been a while too. And they've been, you know, that league has been quiet about what they're going to do. At least as much as I've read, Patty, they've been quiet about what they're going to do on Monday. Mm -hmm. But then I heard it from a source um, saying that they're going to play like 10 games in 21 days or something like that. Because, uh... yes, you've been sitting around doing nothing and it's time to get back at it. And you're going to take you're going to you're going to eat, drink and and uh, sleep hockey for the next month and a half. Now, the other burning question is, <clears throat> and pardon me for being the Debbie Downer here, but I just hope that fans are as excited as the teams are to get back to the rink and show up 
and and I realize there are some of a certain age and a certain vulnerability that may decide to stay home. I totally understand that, but do you think the fans care? Do you think the fans are excited to get back? I really do think, especially in our area, even though we've had a little bit of a hiccup here lately, I think uh, we're the healthiest we've ever been mm-hmm. um, in regards to um, knowledge, first of all, and knowledge is everything, and 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 being receptive to all the guidelines that are in place. No one's ever complained. Mm-hmm. Uh, wearing a mask is... You know, there's not even a second thought anymore. I got it on more than I even think of. Sometimes I'm I'm wearing it and don't you know I'm in my car wearing it. Yep. And I don't you know I've left the I've left the store and got in the car and I still got it on. Yeah. You know. Um. I think there's more of an awareness and a more of a uh, acceptability of everything that we need to do to stay safe. And I really do think people want to uh, come and watch. I don't think oh, there'll be the rare few that maybe Patty might be scared away if that's a term if yeah that's a, for sure and, a way we can put it and and, and you have to respect you, and understand that of course but i think you said to me you didn't think uh it would ever come back mm-hmm. i'm uh i'm shocked it's not back yet, it's I, not back I, yet. Th- thank you i was just going to reiterate that and i'm shocked it is uh coming back uh, but fingers crossed and again i said before uh, i was just painting a picture there of you know doesn't matter we're talking about kids we're talking about hockey where does this all fit into the grand scheme of things don't get me wrong folks and especially you jerry i enjoy a rink outing with the best of them i just told you about the outing in sunny corner and how refreshing it was despite the chill um, I want to be there. Believe me, I want to get back to some degree of normalcy as quickly as possible, as safely as possible. And I hope people are on the same page. I, I don't want to be all doom and gloom. I just didn't know at the time where a friggin' hockey game fit in with kids involved in the grand scheme of things. So I, I didn't want to be negative there, but uh, perhaps I, it was perceived as negativity, and I'll apologize for that, I suppose. I but... No. It's it's got to it's it's got to be done right. Uh, so far, everything has been uh, done right. Uh, we need not look any further. And you and I were all in on it. I did a deep dive on the Scotty's Tournament of Hearts. That went off smashingly well out in Calgary, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some fantastic curling, I might say too, as well. And I'm sure you'll agree with that. Yes, I do want to talk about that. But on, okay, we'll get there. Regard, then. okay, we'll just get- on the on the stay on the just on the hockey theme again, and and, and not only. Uh, do the the big leagues get to play? And I mean Junior A and Major Junior, but the other the other teams get to play too. Like the yeah. Midgets are back. Like yeah. you know your Moncton Flyers and all those guys and the Vitos and the Northern Moose are all going to get back to play. And and your your other levels are going to get to play. And you know, Patty, I don't know what it would be like as a kid to have that pulled away from me for this long. I know. And just to be out practicing and and at times then you weren't even able to go practice. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what were you doing with yourself? And how mentally trying would that be for them? I yeah. mean, I have no idea. I just, uh, uh, but as a kid, you know, when we were kids, cranked, you <laughs> you were out till, the, you know, the porch light came on and, mm-hmm. and you're outside all the time and mm-hmm. doing whatever you're doing. In winter, spring, summer, or fall, mm-hmm. you were outside. Didn't matter. And, uh, and to have, uh, uh, you know, your recreation taken away from you with, with your with your friends the way you always did and even just a, a local rink just going to the outdoor rink and playing there seemed to be you know red tape involved with that i don't know how trying it must be for kids yeah no i do feel for the kids especially uh i keep coming back and i, I read that uh some of the schools are already moving uh or not uh, planning to do a graduation ceremony in the truest sense of the word 
um, prom and all that stuff. And uh, you got to feel for the kids that graduated last year and the kids that are going to graduate this year in 2021. Um, you feel kind of sorry uh, for them uh, because, you know, gosh darn it, you, your your whole school career is building towards, you know, the big week of prom and graduation. So just a little shout out to the students and, of course, the teachers. And you know what, though, Jerry? Uh, again, uh, this has been a, a recurring theme in various aspects, aspects of life. Rather than um, rather than uh, be dealt a blow of it not happening, uh, I give full credit to any organization, be it a school. People are, through it all, <sighs> finding ways to make stuff happen and i appreciate that on so many different levels well yes i agree i'm just afraid of this you know you know shit becoming normal Mm -hmm. i don't want this shit to become normal Mm -hmm. i don't want this to be the new norm i don't i mean i mean i don't mean it that way i just don't want us to be um i want us to be you know mentally fit and and not let this bother you but i don't want this to become normal that we have to accept all these changes all the time yeah and that we're in a constant flux we're always you know we're at the uh beck and uh, of whatever color we're going to be this particular week or month yeah you know i don't want that to be normal all right so the quebec major junior hockey league at least uh the new brunswick uh contingency of bathers st john and Moncton are back into the swing of things maritime hockey yes. league uh, hang on there is some signs of life there uh you just explained uh, cape breton charlottetown halifax if I may, not to put you on the spot, but you're uh, well versed in it. Um, all things running pure in Quebec, are they still running strong? Well, they're still doing these bubbles, Patty, and the reason they can do them is because they got the money, right? And they're given the money by the province of, of Quebec. Yeah, you keep coming back and to so that I one. I think, I think recently, right now, they have a bubble going of three teams, right? Um, maybe more than that, but Gatineau, Shakutami, and Ramuski are currently holding these bubbles. Okay. And uh, playing games, uh, maybe they'll have a, have a game in the afternoon and have another one in the evening, and they're banging off games, you know. Yeah. Halifax now has played um, 29 games. Mm-hmm. Ritterrand has played 30. Here, Moncton has played the fewest. They've got 13 under their belt. Now, they're going to bang off eight in the next 18 days. So now they'll be up around 21 and starting to be – you know, in the neighborhood of where everybody else would be in the maritime division for sure. And they'll keep playing games on the Quebec side, mm-hmm. but it all comes down to, and I, and I noticed Neil Hodge uh, when he writes uh, about the Wildcats saying that they're, you know, let's say fifth in the maritime division. Well, they're not because at this present time, their winning percentage is better than Cape Breton and Halifax who have played you know, 28 and 29 games respectively. Right. Month has played 13, but their win percentage is better. And that's what it's going to come down to in the standings. It's going to be about win percentage because it's going to be very difficult for everybody to play the same amount of games. And that's how, they'll so just, it, that's how they're going to decide playoff. Right. Okay. Right. And, and it'll be in the Maritime Division. Now they've talked about the playoffs and, the, you know, they're going to have three division winners. And then uh, Gilles Coteau was on our show the other day, the, the Sports Quorum TV. And, um, said that uh, that it was going to be something like a round robin, mm-hmm. and the two teams that survive that play a best of seven. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's still up in the air. We'll mm-hmm. see what happens. But, you know, the other – the Ontario still hasn't got off and running. That might be late uh, middle of March or maybe even not even March. And, and now I see the Western Hockey League starting to put some games in. Right. And BC, the province of BC, has just approved – the BC-based teams to be able to play. So, now, you know, those those guys are a far stretch away from, you know, 
being being close to competing and, and playing again on a regular basis. Now, because I'm such a huge uh, Edmonton Oilers fan, I, I do listen to a lot of uh, CHED, Ched Radio, as they call it, the Oilers Radio Network uh, via uh, the NHL app. There's a high degree of content uh, from the Red Deer Rebels uh, that they uh, follow. They always have the coaches on, and of course their current play-by-play guy was the former Red Deer Rebels play-by-play guy. There's lots of connections there. Anyways, listening to it uh, the other day, Jerry, did you catch uh, what Red Deer did with the kids and move them into the rink? Did you? Are you privy to that? Is it true? Yeah. Is it fact? I saw them set up beds in the in the suites. Yeah, in the suites. They had the kids assigned to a certain suite. They had enough to cover the kids and certain yeah. staff members. Um, I don't know what I think about that. I don't know what I think about that either. I I find, again... I thought it was a little bit of a joke. So you got them living in the rink. Right. Yeah. They're literally in a bubble with themselves. They certainly are. To the point uh, where I thought I heard one of the gentlemen that uh, was on uh, Ched Radio uh, say that they were barely hanging together as far as the off-ice side of things because there's a limited number of people allowed in the building, so you don't have your regular Jerry, right. the, Jerry the trainer and Patty the skate sharpener or whatever. Uh, everyone's kind of wearing many hats here as they get through this. Now, you reference the OHL. You know, Do they get going in March? Do they get going in April or at all? Big emphatic fat question mark there. Yeah, I really it's it's uh, I haven't read much about the OHL uh, lately, but all their junior A leagues have not played. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they've been they've been in a in a, in a state that uh, has not been good for a long, long time. And and here we are tiptoeing through, a, 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 you know, a small percentage of cases in, mm-hmm. in in regards to, you know, ratio from what they're doing in Ontario mm-hmm. and and being very careful and uh, these guys are dealing with a lot more than we are, mm-hmm. and they're going to be ultra careful. I mean, it's a big, big deal. All right, so before we move on to the next uh, topic, um, are you in game shape? Like, are you ready for this? Because let me finish here. You're doing a lot of broadcasts in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. If the Maritime Hockey League gets going, we're going to play a pile of games over a compressed amount of time, and you're going to see a lot of the rink. Are you in game shape here? you ready to roll? Oh, my God. <laughs> I always, I always, I always uh, uh, highlight you as being the, you know, the best interviewer in Atlantic Canada, and that's yeah. going to be the stupidest question I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> no, of course I'm ready. I'm ready, willing, and able. I got all my shirts ironed and ready. Any ties that I might need, and then, you know, <laughs> the, the the warmest jacket to go to the Civic Center. So I'm ready to go and got my mask ready. So let's go. Are you uh, are you an ironer or are you just throwing that in the uh, spin cycle to get the ruffles out of her? Crazy. You're an I'm iron. iron. You're an ironer, I'm an aren't you? Ironer. Oh, of course. I, and I iron my own. Thank you. Uh, can of starch? You that kind of guy? No, I'm not a starch guy. I got okay. a good iron. I got yeah. a good quality iron. <laughs> I got good quality shirts, and I got a good quality ironing board because the ironing board is just as important as the iron. <laughs> and the pad on the ironing board is just as important. Oh too. yeah, you got to have a good pad there for sure. <laughs> got to have a good base. Yeah. You would say, yeah. Listen, uh, we referenced uh, the Scotty's uh, tournament of hearts. Uh, that went off without a hitch. Uh, not one positive test. Uh, both with the players or the off ice officials and the broadcast teams. I thought it was remarkable. It was a great week of curling, and uh, New Brunswick hung in there at three and five for a little bit. They were three and three on moving day, as they call, and then fell flat for a pair of games. But 
I think the story, Jerry, despite the fact she did not win the tournament, is home and holy smokes, eight months pregnant and went on a run at this year's Scotties. And, you know, still has, you know, that fire in her eyes or that killer instinct. Absolutely. That, that she has, that focus, that concentration, the, you know, unbelievable how a woman could do that um, in, in the condition she was in mm-hmm. um, with with all the other things that must be going on in her mind mm-hmm. and uh, being able to uh, play another great tournament and mm-hmm. without running into Carrie Arneson and who, who was the defending champ and there, you know, there's starting to be a, uh, a higher echelon there of uh, the regulars up front there with Holman and Jennifer Jones and mm-hmm. Arneson and, and a couple others that, you know, there's starting to be a, a real separation between the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love curling. I've missed it. It's again, it's the first national championship that's been won in 12 months, you know, nothing else. There was the world junior championships. That's not the same thing that was played in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. This was the first Canadian championship won with all Canadian teams there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, more entertaining. It could not be. I love why three, 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 uh, three draws a day I know and and the, the quality of play and the format being different I like that and uh, breaking it down and having some wild card teams and an interesting patty I never knew this before and then uh, Vic Router and the boys and, and the team was saying you know how the fact that not having fans there uh, makes it more difficult for the ice maker now the ice maker wow um it, it's because of he needs to have the ice maker needs to have a certain percentage of humidity in the in the building mm-hmm. and without people in there breathing and talking and going and doors opening and closing and outside weather coming in and adding to the humidity his pebble the pebble mm-hmm. that he throws down on the sheet was evaporating before it hit the ice Vic Rotter went into all this uh, in the early days of the of the broadcast of the of the tournament of the of the event, mm. and how and, and then the players had a hard time for, in the first few games. You could see how difficult it was, and there were some upsets, and how difficult they were to be able to read the ice and all that kind of stuff. It's because it's a very important that player that those those skips are are reading ice from every stone and and memorizing everything that each one does. All right. And when you have inconsistency because the pebble's inconsistent, uh-huh. then you have difficulty, you know, uh calling your game. All right. Again, you can't see me. I have a puzzled look on my face. Um we got to go deeper on this. Um you're saying the pebble was evaporating because of a high or a low percentage of humidity. You kind of lost me low, there. Low, it's too dry. Too oh, dry. it's too dry. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So you know what the pebble is, right? Yeah, very yes, absolutely. The guy walks and he sprays yep. water on With the his... ice. It gives the ice a little bit of a pebble, which helps you know the rock to grab on to turn or not to turn or you know whatever. All right. And uh, it was so dry because of the lack of people. It was a dry environment that he was having a hard time getting the pebble to to stay. That's interesting to, as know, heck. To last, mm-hmm. yeah, to last. Wow, interesting, eh? That is interesting. I knew that about curling. I knew, you know, but, and here's the other thing they always talk about. A lot of players that were practicing Mm -hmm. would be practicing in a, in a curling club of which the ice is much different than it is in an arena. Right. I'm not sure of the event of the, uh, the venue of the event, 
um, if it is an arena. Is it an arena? It was, yes, for sure. I think it's an arena, isn't it? I yes. Be- yes, right. absolutely. Okay. So it's arena ice, <clears throat> and then you add a pebble to it and try to make it some, some you know, nuances to it. But, right. You know, it, it's different than practicing. It, practicing on your club ice and practicing in an arena is totally different. Again, I'm uh, I'm not as in depth as you on curling. Pardon me if this is a stupid question, but based on what you just said, there, arena ice is better than your local club ice, by and large. Oh no, the club ice is much more fun because the clubhouse is a, the club ice is ice that's been there forever. Those floors have been whatever way they were constructed. If they might have a little bit of a uh, different leveling to it, or no, 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 you know, but- a little. Where where usually arena ice is pure and flat. And I, the ice I, I, has okay. to create. I understand. Has so to create more. In a perfect world, are you saying they'd rather play in a club if they could get ten thousand fans in there, or they'd rather play in an yes. arena? Really? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah, for sure. I would think. I mean, because you know, it's it's more consistent. The ice would be more consistent for sure. Hmm. You know, so then that makes it easier on the skip to call the game from from end one to end ten. Mm-hmm. You know. All right, Jerry, so we should circle back to the Miramichi Timberwolves and the Maritime Hockey League. Uh, Still lots of questions uh, to be answered as we progress uh, through this uh, COVID situation. Um, As it stands uh, right now, uh, the Miramichi Timberwolves have 13 games under their belt, not one since uh, just before the Christmas break. They are 7-5-1 and one, uh, with 15 points. And again, if we're going down to uh, winning percentage, they've won 5-7-7 yeah. seven, seven is their winning percentage, which would yeah, put them third in the north of the division. We've lost Summerside from the north to the south, and I would say that'll be status quo moving forward. Summerside, there'd be no reason for them to come back. They might as well just keep uh, on trucking on down there. I, I would guess, Jerry, although I don't know that. And still the league has not... Uh, has not as gone as far as the Q, uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, in actually issuing a schedule if yellow should indeed happen on Monday. Right. Uh, we've not heard anything from the Maritime Hockey League yet. Um, their schedule on their website hasn't changed. Nothing's been tweeted. Nothing's, uh, you know, indicated at all. They're, they're in a, a holding pattern to see. Right. Um, but you know that if if, again, just like, what the the Wildcats, the Sea Dogs, and the Titan are doing? They're going to play eight games in eighteen days. If, if if the North Division of the Maritime Hockey League comes back, it's going to be a wild and woolly because there's going to be a lot of games played in a short period of time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, some new faces added here. Uh, bring us up to speed there. Well, just what I've seen. It seems like uh, uh, Rob McDonald and his staff have been a little bit busy. Is he Oliver Tarr? A, uh, a forward, an 18-year-old forward, has been added up front. Uh, and Emmett Gordon on the blue line. And then I read today uh, they added a um, Lepin, a big defenseman with lots of experience, a 20-year-old uh, to their lineup. But now if he comes, I think there might be some quarantining involved. But and maybe he's already here. I don't know. Let me just uh, check that because I think uh, the transaction for him was maybe – that might have been made in uh, in February. Yeah, it was February 24th they acquired him from Powell River. And now whether or not he came right away in, in those types of uh, logistics, I'm not sure if that happened or not. But, um, you know, they, they, they had a good team when they left. Um, and maybe a couple of tweaks here and there 
might be the difference. And, you know, maybe an extra goal score. Maybe this Tar is a goal scorer up front. And uh, maybe this Gordon lad on the on the blue line will add a little bit more depth there. And yeah. Lapin's a, a good, solid defenseman. Uh, you know, again, all they're playing for is a uh, possible, you know, Maritime Hockey League uh, Canada, Canadian Tire, isn't it? Canadian Tire Cup. Isn't that the cup you win But if you win the Maritime Hockey League? I think you're correct. I think I'm correct. And then the question becomes, even once you do go through that portion of your playoffs, if we're that fortunate, you know, you still have the Nova Scotia side to play. You know, and if, and if the, as, as the latest report, let's say from PEI's uh, uh, health minister or, or public health uh, representative said, you know, it could be, you know, April before they'd even consider a bubble with the rest of the, uh, uh, all two, the other two Atlantic team or provinces, which is, you know, New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. They all see, they already seem to have a little bit of relationship with Nova Scotia. Maybe that's a little tired now, but, you know, I still found it quite curious, Patty, that they would, you know, PEI would let their team, the, and the only two teams that were allowed to leave the island, the the AAA midget teams, the peewee teams, nobody else could leave except the Summerside Western Capitals and the Charlottetown Islanders were allowed to go to Nova Scotia and play and come back and have teams come to their rink and play. Mm-hmm. I found that that was kind of a little bit of a loophole, I thought. And I thought uh, I read in the uh, – I follow some of the uh, journalists uh, on the Charlottetown papers. Uh, mm-hmm. They're introducing fans back in Summerside now as well. Yeah. Do you think that's a little curious to to allow those two teams to go and not let anybody else go anywhere? Again. And, uh, then, to, and then to invite teams in? Again, I, I do find it – Wildly curious for a myriad okay. of reasons. Right. Yes. Um, one player that, uh, you know, here's hoping that he's uh, firing in all cylinders is uh, Blackwell, who was just uh, tremendous here. I just uh, Googled him up here uh, through 13 games, uh, 18 points. And uh, from the the team we last saw, Jerry, it kind of started and ended uh, with him and his line. Yeah, and, and, and McDonald was playing with the lines a little bit near the end. I think if I can remember that far, and I've liked – uh, the uh, sad Abby Fakal, who has come back, who's uh, been into the lineup. Remember, he had to quarantine before he got yeah, to, I love to him. play with the Timberwolves. We've only seen him for a few games, but I've liked what I've seen. He's one of those kids that has played in the queue and knows, you know, you have to move your feet quickly and you have to think quickly, and that that translates here down into junior A. So he he seems to be to me to be what could be, you know, a difference a difference maker. But um, you know, you've got. Uh, uh, Gavin Watts still here, Jeremy Jacob, Connor McGregor, that whole bunch seems to be a good, solid top six. And I think you got four real good defensemen back there, and then, then the goaltending has to go with it. So, you know, they, I think, uh, you know, are doing their best to to try to win this uh, championship. But again, you got to go through Edmonton. You get Grand Falls is good, Fredericton's good. That whole this whole New Brunswick portion of the Maritime Hockey League is good. Campbellton's had their ups and downs, but you know may, they might be the weak sister. I'm not. I don't know. I haven't seen for them yet. Um, but uh, it's a real solid division. Yeah, and uh, Summerside has added some uh, wicked, wicked pieces to uh, their equation as well as uh, you know we've seen uh, year over year. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a couple of guys who have committed to NCAA uh, Division One schools, uh, so they added some uh, pieces uh, through it all. A lot of kids whose leagues out west were not playing when the Maritime Hockey League was in full swing. 
uh, kind of uh, looked east, and they made some things happen there, as obviously uh, McDonald has with uh, some of the new acquisitions as well. So we're the product of, uh, you know, low COVID numbers compared to uh, some other provinces and some other leagues, obviously. So, yeah, they're coming from all over the place. And and uh, because, you know, if they want to play, they got to go somewhere where they're playing. Mm-hmm. And the Maritime Hockey League is probably your best bet. And it's going to be your best bet for the rest of the way because uh, who, who knows if Junior A will ever – uh, you know, drop a puck in, in Ontario, really. What about the news that came out this week in, in, in senior baseball with the Fredericton Royals? Well, now- was, uh, I'm not surprised. I am surprised that it, it's, you know, no, we're not playing at all. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, people are having difficulties, you know, to, to, to get things rolling and on the field and all that sort of thing. But at the other the other four don't seem to be having a problem with it. Is is it the fact that Jody Peterson is just tired out and can't well, carry it anymore and there's nobody there to take it from him? Look, I know nothing other than I was corrected uh, rather quickly by Bill Hunt, which I certainly respect and appreciate. I had assumed that because Fredericton had announced they were not going to play, I assumed, uh, and I'm willing to say I assumed, uh, there was dissension in the ranks, but Bill was quick to correct me that there was no dissension there was just no ranks as it were so i think they're in an organizational pickle jerry and there's really no one to hand the keys to the royals kingdom over to at this particular point in time and look at i love to hate the Fredericton royals you know that but it's less of a league without the Fredericton royals i'm sure you'll agree with that yes Oh, that's a guarantee. Okay, so let let me let me continue here. So let let's think of Patty and Jerry the fan. Let's assume there's no Fredericton, okay? Mm-hmm. Traditionally, we never see St. John during the week, so we only see them on Saturday and Sunday double headers. It would be rare that Charlottetown's making the trip over to Ironman Field uh, midweek. So I can only imagine, and I don't know this, Jerry, but I can only imagine that we're going to see a pile of Moncton Fisher Cats, Chatham Ironman tilts on a Thursday night. And maybe maybe it's not every Thursday like we're conditioned for. Maybe they're going to move a lot of the games to the weekend to accommodate the extra travel. Not, not to accommodate the extra travel, I'm wrong there, to curb the midweek travel from further distances. You know what I mean? I went a long way that around there sense. to make a point. No, 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 that that <clears throat> does make sense. Now, listen. I mean, again, you got to think outside the box on this shit. I, I, again, I love to go to Ironman Field on a Thursday night, but one would get tired of seeing Moncton pretty much every Thursday. At this point, Patty, they can come in every Thursday if they want. I don't care. Uh, you know what? There's the other. I was just going to say the same <laughs> thing. I, I was going to temper my whole dissertation there by saying, yeah, I really don't care who's coming. I'm going to be there anyways. I, I'll watch an inter-squad game at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> but again, uh, just uh, your thoughts. I just railed mine. Uh, I, I can't imagine a New Brunswick Senior Baseball League. Really, I, I really can't without without the Fredericton Royals. And the second thing is, let's assume there's no Royals. And by all accounts, there is no Royals. If there is a season, they have said they are not playing. You know, we open up a can of worms there because, man, you got to figure some teams are calling Dave Barr if he's got any gas left in the tank. Um, Washburn, uh, the list goes on and on and on. There, there are some, well, yeah, that, there are some quote unquote free agents in play all of a sudden. Right, and that's that's what the league has to decide. Uh, uh, the next step is, um, I'm sure those players don't want to sit out again. 
That's for sure. I wouldn't think so. Do, do, do they get to go somewhere in a rental and, and, and having the the opportunity to go back to your team? Because the word came today. I mean, Bill Hunt interviewed uh, Derek Wilson, and Derek Wilson said he was uh, approached uh, by parties to uh, take you know help with the team oh, next season, twenty twenty two. Wow! And whatever he said, in whatever capacity, he was going to do that. But obviously, he's been contacted by somebody, so there is some other people that are willing to step up and uh, maybe take the load off uh, Jody Peterson, let him retire, uh, uh, whatever the case may be, and carry on with the royal brand. They don't want that brand, they don't want that that uh, nickname, that trademark, that brand to die mm-hmm. in the city of Fredericton of all these people, their kids, and 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 so forth that have grown up knowing you know, of the Royals and right. the senior team in town on a Friday right. night on top of the hill. So right. uh, Bill, Bill uh, Hunt in, in the Gleaner did an interview with uh, Derek Wilson. Uh, I read it today. So uh, whether or not it just came out today or if I got it a day late, I don't know. But uh, they're busy over there in that sports department at, at the Gleaner. And, oh. and Bruce has been pumping out some good stuff. Bruce Allahan's been pumping out some good stuff as well here lately. And uh, they stay on top of the sports scene over there. We're on the home stretch of episode uh, 25. Uh, thanks again to the gang at uh, Creative Grounds. Uh, stop by for a what beverage. About, hold on. What about your Oilers? I want to know about them. What's what's their problem? Well, we're in Toronto. Uh, Toronto's back in tonight for their third game out there. <laughs> yeah. Did you see F. Gray's tweet? I did see F. Gray's tweet. That was funny. Now, the tweet was. Yeah, I know. Uh, and they've played, they're playing the first two games were in Edmonton, the third game's in Edmonton tonight. Right. Uh, the Leafs had shut out the Oilers in the first two games, and 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 uh, Matthews didn't play. Mm-hmm. And Ev's tweet was, well, Matthews and McDavid were both held scoreless yeah, in the first two games. <laughs> <laughs> Matthews didn't even play. There's bound to be some uh, bumps in the road. Listen, uh, the other night I was all geared up for the second game. I thought the Oilers had a clunker on uh, Saturday night. It's always the way for me, too, because uh, as mm-hmm. you know, as an Oilers fan, they're either coming on at 10 or 11 o'clock hour time, so it's it's never conducive to um, you know, a nice evening because you're up late and you're going to work tomorrow morning. But uh, I get so pumped up when they get that national broadcast, Hockey Night in Canada. I'm going to see my Oilers at a sensible hour, which is 8 o'clock. And then, holy old shit, Jerry, they weren't even in that game. And I'm like so, so disappointed because, again, uh, you get a chance to see them early. So the other night I'm listening, and I, I have the NHL app. That's my connection because those games are uh, blacked out here sometimes. And I'm telling you, I heard the national anthem when they came back from a commercial break, and I said, all right, here we go. So I'm laying there with my uh, buds in. Uh, I got the broadcast coming in uh, over the app. And I'm telling you, Jerry, I heard the national anthem start. I never heard it finish. And then I'm telling you, I woke up about two <laughs> about two minutes after the game ended. I never heard one <laughs> second of the hockey i had to get back on twitter to find out what the jesus score was because they were into their no, no. they were into their post game show no no you're not alone i've done that oh the worst no it's freaking uh, late uh, starts well um but in in those two games um toronto's got good had had, had, had got good goaltending i mean uh, you know edmonton had 32 and 36 shots on net sure and in both cases it seemed like hutchison uh, was the backup one night, and then Jack Campbell was the back. Uh, I think maybe they're the tandem. I think is Anderson hurt. I don't even know. Right. I really, I, I really ignore the Toronto Maple Leafs. But now you got to really start to recognize that they are the cream that's risen to the top a little bit in this North Division, 
And, uh, you know, Winnipeg's trying their best. But, you know, my if you, if you don't know, folks, I like the Jets. Mm-hmm. And when I watch the Jets, Patty, I just get mad because they never seem to start the game on time. What I mean by that is the other the puck's dropped and it's on time, but they don't wake up for the first 10 or 15 minutes and then they find themselves down to nothing. Right. And then some games they, they look like uh, world beaters. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a there's a there's there's starting to be a separation in the in the uh, in the Canadian division of uh, Toronto on top of maybe Montreal's trying, but Winnipeg and Edmonton are trying too, right. but nobody seems to go on a streak. They all seem to win one, lose one, mm-hmm. tie one, mm-hmm. tie two, li- win two, and everybody's collecting points every night. That's why I hate about this this two points for a win and one for a tie. It should be three points for a win and one for a tie. So there's a really differential between you losing and winning. I don't mind I don't that. Care. It's not. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. A, con- a, a, a consolation to get a point. You've lost. It's in the loss column. You feel like you lost. So let's call it a loss. <laughs> wow. Don't be I shy. That one point. Let us know how uh, you really well, feel. Again. But yeah, but again, you, you, you win and you get two. Well, they get one, two. So what the hell? You're ahead of them by a point. Right. After all said and done. Now, listen, uh, back to my late starts. Uh, you remember who my ball team is in the major leagues. San Francisco uh, Giants. Right, you were going to say 49ers there, weren't you? I know. All right. Yeah. So a lot of the Giants games are 10:05 or 11:05 starts our time, same as my Oilers. You know what kind of a loser I am, and don't roll your eyes. It's just it's been uh, a, a, a lifelong thing. I have been known to come home from work, grab a bite to eat, you know, do my thing, and then settle in for a little nap for two or three hours and set an alarm for 10:55 for the 11 o'clock start, and then get up and watch the game. Oh I know that's how much of a loser I am. I mean, watch the game. How can you watch the game? What do you mean? You have the you have the MLB program, or well, no. But what I'm saying is, if, if I'm lucky enough that the Giants are oh, on a, yes. a late broadcast, right. right? So how did that ever happen? Or listen to the app. Of, of course, it's on the Major League app as well, which I do subscribe no, how, to. How did that ever happen? That you're a San Francisco Giant fan? I'm glad you asked. You ready for this? Yes. All right. So back in the good old days of minor baseball. Um, there was a Chatham uh, Recreation Council. You remember the CRC? Yep. And they had that dandy bingo on Tuesday evenings, and the monies raised went to support programs. So I know you'd be shocked to hear this. Um, I was the first baseman because I ran like an elephant, so that was the only place I was somewhat useful. You hear, Quinn, you stay at first base. So the CRC always bought you catcher's equipment, Okay. Mm-hmm. And they always bought you a trapper for first baseman and your bats and balls and all that stuff. But you never had to buy your own trapper as a first baseman. And you always got a hand-me-down. So if the junior team got a new one, well, the midget got the old one and so on and down the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was broken real good. Absolutely. So the first one that I remember was a Rawlings first baseman's mitt. Uh, with a William Nushler Clark Jr. signature on the palm of it. And, of course, Will <laughs> Clark. Will Clark? Right. It said William mm-hmm. Nushler Clark Jr., his full name. Mm-hmm. And that just, I figured if I'm using his glove, I should be a fan of his and uh, get into collecting baseball cards when I was heavy into that. And uh, that's how it started. Uh, innocently enough of my lifelong love of the San Francisco Giants and uh, – We've had some good years in the last decade or so. Sure. 
I'll go on the record. You never told me that story. Before. Okay, well, that, that's, where, that's where it started. CRC okay. bought a glove. It was a hand-me-down. I got it. William Nusher Clark Jr. On my, it was a Rawlings glove. Never forget it. I'll tell you a good story about the Giants when you're done your story. Well, no, I, I don't. This is not a good story. This is a real pisser of a story because, um, I mean, you can't be a Giants fan and not be a Bonds guy. And I am a Bonds, should be in the Hall of Fame guy. I'll have you know that. Maybe that's a topic of conversation uh, for another day. But um, I pretty much rationalized in my brain that I'll probably never get to San Francisco to see the Giants. So I went up to Montreal the last year. The Expos were in uh, that city. I'm going to guess Jerry 03, 04. I'm going to say 03. And they're in town for a three-game series, a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'm all I'm all pumped because I'm going to see Bonds and blah, blah, blah. Benito Santiago is there. And isn't it the weekend that Bobby Bonds passes away and Barry Bonds was granted bereavement leave and he never made the trip? Wouldn't that be my luck? I know. Yes. Wouldn't that be my luck? Yes. And I remember listening to CJAD radio. You know, you're going into the big city. You're flipping through the radio dial. You're getting the Expos coverage and they go Barry Bonds has not made the trip because his father Bobby had passed uh, away and you're like yeah. holy old shit what are the odds yeah. of this <laughs> yeah um it reminds me of a time that that Lauren and I went to we were in uh, this time of year yeah and we were in Florida yeah and we went to an Orlando Magic game wow and the star in Orlando was Howard what's his first name um uh, He's playing in other places now, um, but he was the star then. Real talented. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can't think of his first name. Basketball people know. I'll look it up. You go the, ahead. He was the, he was the star in Orlando. Lauren was probably oh seven or eight years old, so it had to be Patty. Fifteen years ago, right? Okay, something like that. So um, uh, we have tickets to go to the game, and the night before. He picked up, I don't know, two technicals or something, so he was suspended for a game. Oh, wow. It was the game we were there for. How about Dwight? You know, uh, Dwight Howard, that's it. Okay, very good. That's it. And I did get the chance to see, and I've seen a, a few basketball games in person, but I remember, and it, again, during spring break when uh, uh, Shaq played in Orlando with Penny Hardaway, and it was uh, uh, that was quite an experience. Uh, that was a great game to go to, and, I, and Lauren wasn't born then, but uh, – um, uh, I got to see Shaq play in person wow. back when he was with the Ma- He started with the Magic. I mean, he won all his championships in uh, in L.A. with the with the Lakers. But right. uh, you know, you know what they say about uh, Shaquille O'Neal? Here he we is go. The most marketable athlete there is. Do you know how many products he endorses? He endorsed a tremendous. You, if you ever look, and it was it was on one of those. Um, Shows that I like that I've told you about that Terry O'Reilly does mm-hmm. uh, under the influence, which mm-hmm. talks a lot about marketing and the history of marketing um, and how and advertising and that sort of thing. And it, because Shaq has never, ever, ever, ever done anything to damage his image. He's never done anything wrong. He's never said anything wrong about somebody. He's never got into trouble. He's never had wife problems. He's never had anything like that. He's never been a criminal Nothing like that, and that's what these people love, and he's a jolly old soul. I mean, he's a big, jolly guy. You know, he still does – he's on TV with the NBA uh, on TNT or whatever he does, that big show that they have, and, and he's quite a character on that. So him and him and Charles Barkley are, 
or two like that. But uh, he's a he's quite a marketing machine, I guess. He's he's a, a guy you want endorsing your product because he has a his image comes off as being one of uh, a guy a good guy that's never done anything wrong. So my San Francisco Giants story for you, and you'll be intrigued by this. All right, go ahead. My father-in-law Jack Upham mm-hmm. uh, in 1989, he and Gary Bernard. You know Gary Bernard. Certainly. Uh, he and Jack were driving to Portland, Maine on this summer's day, or spring day, I guess, in 1989, right. to get on a plane to go to San Francisco for the World Series between the A's and the uh, and the Giants. The one that was with the earthquake. The, so they're, they're at the hotel mm-hmm. in Portland, Maine. So now you get on a plane. You say it's spring day. I got to call you out there. World Series in October, so we're talking right, fall October, here. Sorry, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm getting mixed up with hockey. Yeah. Um, gonna get on a plane the next day to go to San Francisco to see Game whatever three whatever it might have been. Wow. And the earthquake was that night, and they're sitting there in their hotels watching it on TV. And Jack's wondering, <laughs> of course, Jack. Well, can we still go? <laughs> <laughs> you know, something like that. I mean, he was so he just he, he was so excited. Oh, and it would be such an event. Can you I mean, imagine to go to the World Series in San Francisco? Come on, and, and those two rivals. Well, there you go too. It's, it's, it, it, he still has the ticket. He still has the ticket. Added intrigue that it was Oakland too, of course. Yeah, but don't you think it's neat? He still has the ticket. So he didn't. He didn't get a reimbursement. He kept it. Oh no, you're not giving that back. Wow. That's that's a piece of history there. That was in 1989. In your mind's eye, do you know the face value of that ticket? I'm kind of curious what an 89 World Series ticket cost. No, I'm not sure, but I'll ask him. Okay. I'll have that answer for you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Very well, good. again, you know, 1989, Patty Jumpins, what would it have been? Uh, $90? Oh, I'm going to say a lot less than that. Okay, a lot less than that. Okay. I'm guessing. I don't know that. I, I would think, I'd think you're probably right in 1989. All right. But, I mean, at at the hotel, mm. getting on the plane the next morning, and how excited you would be, and you're watching, and the the city's falling down. <laughs> the city is literally falling down. There's nothing funny about that. I don't know why I'm laughing. Well, no, I wasn't, and I, I didn't mean it that way. I, I didn't know. Mean to make you laugh, but that's what happened. Would Imagine. you? Would you rather have found that out while you were still in Portland, or while you were already there? Oh, no, I would have been glad I found out in Portland before yeah, I left. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you being uh, passionate about the Giants, I don't know if you're passionate about them in 89, though, were you? Absolutely. Were you passionate about them in 89? Are you kidding me, Will Clark? How old were you in 89? Kevin Mitchell, 13. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, that's perfect age. Yeah. Um, Matt Williams. Imagine could... how devastated you would be if you were at the hotel in Portland and get oh. ready, get on the plane to go watch the World Series no. of your favorite team. Be heartbroken. Oh, my God. And I don't know how and why. How old are you in 89? Uh, you ask me. I'm 13. How old are you in 89? I was uh, 28. Oh, my. I'm 15 years older than you, if you didn't know. So I'm hitting, I'll be 45 this month. You're hitting the big, dare I say yeah, it? Yeah, nice. Thanks. Yeah, this month. Wow. Mm-hmm. You're going to get your first check, Jerry. Yeah, I'm going to get my first check. <laughs> can we but go I to, can't remember. Can we go to the portage and blow it or something? I can't remember what 
uh, oh, what so no. uh, motivated them. What motivated? Yes, we can. Okay. Uh, motivated them that they wanted to go to this event and how, why it was San Francisco and the A's and why they, you know, they were flying all the way from East Coast to well, Canada. Look to San Francisco. I, I'm going to guess that was a Gary Bernard connection Gary somewhere. Was, yeah, yeah. He knew someone somewhere. Yeah, Al Michaels was doing it on ABC. I, I do remember, remember that. You know, the, now, now that you say that, the, it's the, all coming back to the, me. Yeah, the whole you know kind of was skipping like the the power was going off and on and right and michaels was saying something's going on right and it, it feels like this might be an earth anyways the infamous yeah. uh uh play-by-play of an earthquake i guess by al michaels and that i'm probably yeah. sitting in the basement up on hickey street with my william nusher clark jr first baseman mid on <laughs> bernice worked at cassidy so there would have been a, a steady diet of uh, pepsis coming out of the refrigerator not that not that diet crap I love a Diet Pepsi. Frick off. Did they make Diet Pepsi in 89? I would bathe in Diet Pepsi or if it were socially acceptable. Yes, they made Diet no. Pepsi in 1989. Come on. No, no. When did Diet start to become a thing anyways? Was, well, it in 80, was it in the 80s and 90s? Do you want me to Google that? Sure. <laughs> Who wants you to do that? You don't think there was Diet Pepsi in 1989. I think you're about to get proven wrong here. Maybe it was the 80s when Diet Pepsi talk among Talk amongst yourselves. Go Diet. Go We'll just go Diet Pepsi debut. That's exactly what I typed. Get out of my head. It was introduced in 1964, so frig off. Oh, shit. <laughs> and you made it more popular all by yourself. Oh, I, I am no stranger to a Diet Pepsi. This uh, palace is built on a pretty good foundation of Diet Pepsi, I might say. Yeah, but your mother didn't, you know, she brought you home the high test, didn't she? We were a popular house in the neighborhood because uh, there was always Pepsi. Sure you would. There was always yes. uh, she. She was known to uh, bring home the odd uh, variety pack. You remember the rainbow pack of crushes, orange, grape, and then your two cream sodas. Uh, I remember. Uh, no, I don't. Okay, because I didn't grow up here. Uh, well, this is 1989 again. You're saying so, mm -hmm. but when we grew up, there was uh, what became popular in the 70s was the pop shop. Oh, pop I remember. shop was very popular. No stranger and to Eddie a bottle Shack. of Lime Ricky was I. And Eddie Shack was their spokesman. Do you remember his slogan? I do not. Take care of the nickels and dimes. The dollars will take care of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> clear the shack. Here, here, clear the track. Here comes Shack. Oh, my. He was he was a character. And he just passed away recently. I think we did that in our show mm -hmm. uh, where we talked about uh, what 2020 handed us in in the in the, in the in the world of uh, of uh, obituaries, and uh, he was one of them, and he was he was a character. My gosh! I remember I remember reading when he passed, and pardon me for knowing this later in life, uh, because uh, Shaq's before my time, of course. Um, he was illiterate, as I've come to understand from uh, his passing. I read all the articles about him. Huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, and he had uh, he had a really, you know, coping skill, we'll call it, of uh, signing his name. Uh, and it's very, you Google that up. It's a very interesting uh, read. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, it was Eddie Shack and Pop Shop. That was the, he was the guy. And, and, and the parents would come home with the big case of uh, Pop Shop with a number of different varieties in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the case. It must have been a case of 24, I would think. I would guess. You know, and it was all bottles then. Everything was bottles. I remember the pop shop here. I may get called out on this. It seems to me the pop shop was located in Douglastown, Jerry. Oh, yeah. And I think 
Did Cassidy's and M and R eat them to death, or what? What happened there? I don't Did know it what the worked? yeah the great the great Miramichi Cola War. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it seems to me it was along where, and I could be wrong on this, Jerry. I almost hasten to say this. Seems to me it was along where Rennie Manuel's insurance company building is. And I may, oh yeah, I may be wrong on that. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe I'm confusing that with something else. Well, what was pretty hard to to penetrate the you know the the Coke Pepsi uh, uh, base that was already here. That well, tough. Chatham was a Pepsi town, right. and Newcastle was a yeah. Coke town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what was but your... again? They had some different stuff there, so that was you know that was it was a new wrinkle for sure. Yeah. Country Time Lemonade was the big summer one at uh, Cassidy's. Okay. Do you remember that? No. Oh wow. No. <laughs> I wasn't thirteen in nineteen eighty nine. What was your go to in Pop Shop? I was a Lime Ricky guy. Oh, mine would have had anything to do with lime, yeah. I don't know if it was called Lime Ricky, but uh, you know, I liked uh It absolutely liked, was called Lime Ricky. I liked the citrus stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Be it the seven up or the, the lime or whatever the you know, that was it. That All right. was uh, Big glass of pop. That was nothing better when you were a kid. Very good. Uh, We can ramble on about nothing. Uh, Have you noticed that? Yeah, we can. Got to get a plug in for Creative Grounds. Uh, Stop by for a treat when you're on the fly. And uh, you can find me at PQ Machine on Twitter. Jerry, yours? Uh, G Green Machine. All right, very good. 25 is in the books. Thanks for listening. And uh, Jerry, we'll talk again soon. Yeah, right back at you, Patty. Take care.